All right, we're going to get started, and um, it's good to see everybody here tonight. And um, it's going to be a little, little, little different. I'm going to we'll spend about 20, 30 minutes here on those handouts I gave y'all, and then we'll take just a little break. Then I'll I got something else. We're going to start. What what I'm going to do um, for the next I don't know five or six times uh, that I teach. It's going. It's just going to be simply uh, dealing with just on preaching and uh, you know uh, preaching. And brother David's preached more than everybody in the, all of us in here combined. Um, it, it is an art. There is a um, science. I don't know if you call it science, but um, but there's some some fundamental truths to it that. All preachers are different, thankfully. We're not all alike. But there are some, some, some foundational things that uh, if you can early on get it settled in your mind and, and learn it, uh, and, and it goes for teaching, or, uh, and I'm going to say preaching a lot, but it's for teaching. or Anytime you stand in front of a group of people, whether you're at work and they ask you to give a devotional or if you're going to a Bible study or uh, teaching a Sunday school class, you should want to be able to stand in front of whoever that group is. Yeah. You should be able to stand in front of um, that group of people and open the Bible and have confidence um, that what you're saying is the Word of God and, and it's, uh, it's the truth and, and that it can help change people's lives. So, this, this, even then, we're going to kind of get into it, and then, and, and I'm not going to rush. I'm going, to, and then even later on, probably in the spring, um, we may even let some of the preachers preach in here. I bet you we'll have a big crowd if I say that, but the, the ones that ain't here won't get to preach. So, but, um, and not to dissect or to um, uh, critique. I had to when I was in college, and we had homilies. We had to get up three times and preach. And you want to talk about? A hard crowd, 200 uh, Bible college preacher boys. You know, every one of them thinks they got it all figured out. <laughs> and uh, and and and. But anyway, um, the 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 harshest critic of your preaching should be yourself. Um, you sh- you should never um, get to a place where you're your favorite preacher. And there's a lot of preachers. That's the way they are. And um, and because no matter how how. Um, powerful the message is, no matter how much of an effect it has on the people that are listening or the Sunday school class, uh, number one, it wasn't you. If any good come from it, it's from the Lord. And number two, you're just one Sunday away from being laying on your face. Uh, you know, humility is only, is, the, is one, Brother Will, you say this when he talked to us previously, he say, humility is just one message away. And so let's, uh, let's pray and we'll begin. Lord, I thank you for this evening, Lord, and Father, I don't see, see feet, feel fit, Lord, to talk about a subject like this, but Lord, you've seen fit for me to be here tonight, and I pray it help me, Lord. I pray for these men that are here, Lord, the preachers and the men in the church, Lord, the leaders in the church, Lord, that we had all learned something about preaching, and Lord, we learned to appreciate it more, uh, Lord, not just when we're doing it, Lord, but when we're hearing it and we're listening to it, and I pray, Lord, you'd help us grow closer to you through this. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The first thing I want to do is, um, is, is, and you see these notes, um, I want you to hold on to this, and, 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 and I made this list up uh, about 15 years ago, I guess, 16 years ago, and I read it often uh, to remind myself 
about how important preaching is and teaching the Word of God. Um, there's an old saying, familiarity breeds contempt. Uh, and if you're not careful, if you teach or a Sunday school class or preach or whatever it is, handling the Word of God, you become familiar with it and it becomes just another thing you do, just like brushing your teeth, taking a shower, going to work. And, and, and it kind of helps me when I remind myself what the Bible says about preaching. Uh, look in Jonah. We're just going to turn these verses quickly. So you'll get a little practice for the next sword drill you're involved in. Jonah chapter 3. It's right there before Micah and after Obadiah. Jonah chapter 3. And we'll, we'll, we'll read verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise. Going to Nineveh, the great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. And then the Bible says, So Jonah rose and went into it according to the word of the Lord. And, and here's the first thing I want to say about the preaching is this. We are only to preach what God has said and nothing else. And, and the Bible says that Jonah, in verse 2, that he went... Uh, and preached unto it, God said, go preach the preaching that I bid thee. Uh, when we preach or teach, we should teach and preach what God has told us and nothing more and nothing less. And uh, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17. Again, we're going to have to go quick. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17. And I, I, I've tried to look over this again and and clean it up because some of it was misspelled words. So if there is a misspelled word or something like that or something that makes sense, just look over it. But Matthew chapter um, 4, I believe I got the wrong text. Uh, Matthew, I'm in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 4, that helps. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It says, Jesus began to preach. And modernists and, 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 and the, the, the so-called spiritual world of today would have you to think that Jesus was just a philosopher and he was just a, uh, a, you know, a man sitting on a rock, holding his hands out, soft-spoken. But his ministry was a preaching ministry. And if, if Jesus thought, you know, he only had three and a half years on earth to minister publicly. And... Of all the things he could have chose, he chose to preach. And so we need to understand the importance of preaching. In verse uh, Matthew 10, in verse 7, it says, And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Preaching and teaching should never be bound to a pulpit. It says, As ye go, preach. And that's for all, I believe that, Every saved person has a responsibility to be a witness. And, 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 and the greatest witness that we can do is as we go. And what that meant, what he was telling them is as you go, as you go to work, as you go about your preach, as you have opportunity, as the Lord uh, opens doors, you go. Preaching is not bound to a pulpit. In verse uh, 27, it says, What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what you hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. I put this. Preach what you hear. Preach what you hear. And you can't preach what you have not heard. You must be, and so in order to hear, we have to have a, a, an open ear and be willing to hear. Um, 
And then I also put in verse 27, it says, preach upon the housetops. Preaching should be done with fervency. What Jesus was talking about in, in Bible times, they didn't have alarms and sirens and, and uh, you know, compute TV and radio. So if there was a danger that was uh, uh, coming into a town or if there was a, you know, if it was a wartime and they saw an enemy coming or if a storm was coming, they'd run up on the housetops and they'd start, they'd cry out. And one neighbor would cry out to the other neighbor and the other neighbor would cry out and they'd sound the alarm. And, and, when, and, and when, when that happened, I, I, I very seriously doubt that anybody would just calmly walk up to the roof, rooftop and, and whisper and say, uh, there's trouble coming. You know, I, it, you can imagine the, someone, the urgency and, and the first, and that's what Jesus said when you preach. He said, cry from the housetop. It's speaking about urgency and fervency. Mark chapter 3, quickly, Mark chapter 3 and verse number 14. It says, and he, or he ordained twelve that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. The teacher of the Word of God, the preacher of the Word of God must first be with God before they can go for God. It said he ordained them that they should be with him and then that they might send them forth, they, they might send them forth to preach. You know the people that God will open doors for and He'll send forth to preach? It's those men that spend time with Him. And, and you know, you, you can force the door open and you can, you know, uh, I, I had a preacher not long, several years ago tell me I need to, be, to start networking. He said, you got you know, network. He said, use social media and, and all these things. And, and he was saying, you know, if you just do that, he said, you could preach a lot. Preach. And I said, you know, and I thought, I didn't, I didn't, he was trying to help me, I guess, but, but here's the thing. If, you'll just, if we'll just be with the Lord, spend time with God, we're, the first calling that we have is to be with God before we go for God. Jesus said he ordained them to be with him, and then he sent them forth to preach. Um, Mark chapter uh, 16, we're not, we're not going to turn to all these because it's just going to take forever. But Mark chapter 16, verse 15, you can read it. In your own time, it says, I wrote this, you cannot preach, you can't preach to the wrong person. It says every creature, preach the gospel to every creature. But you can preach the right message to the wrong crowd. Uh, if you go into a nursing home and when, if when they open these up and you're going to teach or preach, you know, you, 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 there are certain topics that is not going to help those people. You know, it's, it doesn't apply to them. Uh, if you preach into a group of seven and eight-year-olds, you know, and a Sunday's teaching, a Sunday, you probably don't want to spend 35 minutes uh, teaching them on tie, how they're supposed to tie. They don't, they don't, it ain't going to help them if they're not saved. You can preach the right message to the wrong crowd. If you go preach in the jail, you know, if you go preach in the jail, you probably ought not to go in there and just start out your message preaching on rock music and, and tattoos and earrings. They probably, you may not get out alive. I, I'm just from, you just may not want to do that. Um, so what I'm saying is, you can't preach to the wrong person, but you can preach the right message to the wrong crowd. You say, well, how do I know? You have to ask the Lord to help you and, and give you wisdom and discernment on that. Uh, Luke chapter um, 9 and verse 10, the Lord has to send the preacher. Luke, I, I'm going to turn. Y'all can turn if you want to. I hate to skip through this. Luke chapter 9 and verse 10. And the apostles, when they were returned, told him all that he had done, and he took them and went aside privately into the desert place belonging to the city of Bethesda. It says, and the apostles, when they returned, who sent them out? The word apostle means a sent one. 
uh, they were sent, sent by the Lord. I believe that's the first time in the Bible that word apostles found. It means a sent one. Uh, now, we understand the office of the apostles is it's over when the last apostle died, John, on the, John the Revelator, when he died, that, that office was done. There was no more need for apostles. Uh, but in, the, in their ministry was this, they were sent forth. They were sent by the Lord. The preacher has to be sent by God. Luke chapter 9, verse 60. It says this, Jesus said unto, said unto them, him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. There is nothing more important than preaching. Nothing more important. And here's the thing, and, 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 and this is really for preachers. I guess this could be any form. Um, when you pastor a church, Brother David say this, the devil will try to get you doing everything and spending your time on everything but the preaching. But the main thing, or the most important thing, is preaching. And um, verse, uh, Acts chapter 5, verse 42, it talks about the consistency of preaching. It says daily. And then it goes on to say, in the temple and every house, the congregation of preaching. And then the content, it says, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Acts 10, 42, it says this. I'm going to turn. Acts 10, 42. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. Preaching is serious business. It's serious business. What, what's the serious business? Because it ha, it's connected to the judgment of God. The quick and the, t- he talked about how he sent a preacher and he tied into the judgment of God. Um, when we preach, we need to understand there's, there's two people we're preaching to, saved and lost. And uh, for the lost person, when we preach or teach them, um, we're, we're trying to keep them from the great white throne of judgment. We're, and we understand, if you, if you rightly divide the Word of God, you know there's two judgments, one for the saved and one for the lost. And the, the, if we're preaching, there, there's two people, saved and lost. We're trying to keep the lost man or woman, boy or girl, from the white, great white throne of judgment. If they get to the great white throne of judgment, it's too late. So that's our, we're trying to keep them from the great... And for the saved person, we're trying to prepare them for the judgment seat of Christ. You know, every time we teach a lesson and, and, or preach a sermon, a message, we should have it in our heart that this has eternal consequences. And, and I want to say this, when you listen to preaching, you need to think the same. It has eternal con- How I respond to this sermon or this message, it, it, if you're saved, then you, you need to understand, it's going to have an effect at the judgment of Christ because Jesus is going to judge us that day according to the knowledge that we had and the light that we had. And anyhow, so we can't, if we sit there and we daydream, we don't listen, uh, then at the judgment of Christ, it's going to cost us. But um, a couple more, Acts 14, uh, 15, we should preach repentance. Again, another thing that's not very popular, but people need to repent. They must repent. God's commanded them to repent. And uh, Jesus preached repentance. He preached repentance. First word he said, first message he preached was on repentance. John the Baptist preached repentance. Paul uh, preached repentance on Mars Hill. Peter preached repentance on the day of Pentecost. Acts 2, 4, repent and be baptized. All through the word of God, um, uh, we, we find they preached repentance. But now in the 21st century, they want us to just tell people, well, you just need to change your mind. 
It's just, it's just a mental thing. It involves a change of mind, but it produces a change of heart. And, the, and not only does it change the heart, but then it changes their life. But repentance must be preached. So we're not called as men to teach and to preach and to just hold people's hand to go down the wrong, right, road, wrong road in life. But we must preach repentance. Um, Acts 16, 6, you can, again, I, I encourage you to go back and read these in your own time. The Holy Ghost knows the timing of the message. Um, there's been times where I may have studied a thought or a message and had it, and then God never let me preach it. In eight years, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years down the road, the Lord, in fact, I'll, and, and I'm, again, I'm a, I'm a master of being distracted and getting off the subject, but I'm just going to uh, give you this. It may help you. My first year, my first semester when I was in Bible college, I told Brother David this the other day, I had to take grammar, English grammar. And I was very upset about it. I had a lady teaching us. I didn't care. I, mean, I, thought, I thought this was for preachers. Anyway, so you got a room full of preachers, so-called. Most of them weren't. But, um, and there's this lady, and in the first semester, we had to take grammar. There's nothing I hate worse than English and grammar. And, um, and I hated it. I, and I, I mean, I really did. I hated it. I dreaded it. I didn't want to. I said, this has got nothing. At nouns and verbs and adverbs and adjectives and pronouns and subjects and prepositions. I, I didn't care. Um, but I'm glad I took it. It helps me more than, than there was a reason they want us to learn it because anyway, I'm, I'm going to be sidetracked again. But every week we had a Bible verse in that class and, and she would get up in front of the class and she would read it. This is our Bible verse. We're going to memorize it. And uh, we'd sing. She'd want us to sing. And I thought, now this is the, you know, I'm thinking, are we in California? I mean, where are we? And I hated it. And, it was good. and she'd make a different one. And I mean, I was dreading it. And, and, and one week, it, the, verse, the verse was Psalm 61-2, when my heart is overwhelmed, leave me, uh, no, Psalm 61-2, from the ends of the earth while I cry unto thee, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That was the verse. And guess who had to lead the song? I did. And I thought, I was so mad about that, and I didn't want to do it, and I thought about going back to my old ways and rebelling and, and all, but I said, you know, I'm going to do it. But Brother David, Lord's my witness, I stood there, and, and I felt like the biggest idiot in my, in my life. But God gave me a sermon, a message, while I was standing in front of that class singing that song. And I wrote it down. I went back to my seat and I wrote down my Bible. Never preached it. Never preached it. And uh, let's see. It would have been about 15 years, 16 years later. A big, I mean, a, 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 a tragic thing come into my life. I had to deal with the ministry. And that Saturday I was praying. I said, Lord, I don't know what to say. I mean, what can I say? What can I say? There's nothing to be said. And he said, Psalm 61.2. And I went back and God gave me that message that what I'm saying is don't, the timing of the message is, is God's business. Um, but Acts 16.10, a man must always preach with assurance that God has called you to preach it. Acts 17.3, we must preach Jesus. Romans 1.15, always be ready. Always be ready. Paul said, I am ready to preach. Always be ready. And um, anyway, I won't belabor that, but always be ready. Always be ready. Uh, Romans 10.8, every time I preach, I should seek to make the gospel clear. There's nothing more wonderful than preaching. Romans 10.15. Uh, disregard Romans 10.21. I don't, I think, I, I, anyway. 
First Corinthians, it's a good verse though, you can read it. But anyway, First Corinthians one twenty seven. our mission is simple and our message must be simple too. For First Corinthians 9, 14, preachers should be cared for by local churches. I believe that. I believe they should. But in First uh, Corinthians 9, 18, preachers should never ask for anything. Paul said he didn't charge anyone. Never put a price on your preaching. Um, you know, there's some that do. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't care to name names. I mean, it don't bother me, but I, I'm not going to. I don't think, think that will help anybody. But there's some that, that they, they, they go to certain places because they know they're going to get more money. And, and, and money, what's the Bible say? The love of money is the root of all evil. And, and, uh, and Paul said, that if, if the Apostle Paul didn't charge, then who, are you, who am I to charge? <laughs> you understand? You may think you're a good preacher, but I guarantee you, if Paul walks in and we're calling on preachers, I'm going to say, hey, Paul, I'll, this man right here, he's gonna, he, he can wait. We're going to listen to what you have to say. But he wouldn't charge. Here's the thing. God will pay. God will pay you back more, and, he'll, and it'll be more of a blessing to you if you'll just let the Lord handle that. Never, never put a price on your preaching. I've always said this. A real man that's called to preach, there's not enough money to pay him to preach, and there's not enough, enough money to pay him not to preach. He'll preach. Um, 1 Corinthians 9, 16, it is dangerous when a preacher won't preach. Paul said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. 2 Corinthians 4, 5, don't preach yourself. There's, it's, it's, it's bad when you go to hear someone preach and the first 20 minutes is about themselves. What they've done. How many people they've won the Lord. How many, church, you know, how, many, how many they have in Sunday school. And then how many buses they have. And how much they're all. And, and, and then every illustration. Who's it about? It's about them. And, 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 then, and, it's all, and, and don't, don't do that. Guard yourself against that. Um, anyway, you can read this in your own time. Uh, let's just skip on down through here. Of course, 2 Timothy 4, 2, preach the word. Preach the word. Do not preach about the word. And do not preach from the word, but preach the word. And, and, and that's uh, something, that's really what this is going to be about, these class, these lessons. I'm going to try to help you um, to, to get in your mind, get it beat in your mind. And, 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 and where if you teach or preach, you don't teach from the word, you don't teach about the Word, but you teach and preach the Word, the Word of God. Um, and then the word preaching. Again, this is just, I did a word search and just wrote these comments down, but um, Acts 8.4, God wants, preach, wants His preachers everywhere. Um, uh, Acts uh, 10.36, the only peace that we can preach is that which is connected with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts eleven nineteen through 20, all people need preaching. Th think about that. Every person you teach, if you teach a lesson, people will say this, well, that was for me. Well, I got news for you, it's for everybody. It's for everybody. The only difference is some people are listening and others aren't. But it's for everybody. And if we're not careful, here's what we'll do. If a man gets up to preach or teach, um, and let's say he's teaching on the home. I remember when I was a kid, they had a home revival a revival of the home. And I thought, I thought this is the dumbest thing I've ever had to go to. I had to go every night. And it was about husbands and wives. And, and I thought, you know, but you know what? It was for me. Because you know what? Here I am. I'm a husband. I'm a father. And, and so I'm saying that we all need 
We all need it. It's for everyone. Um, Acts 28, 31, this is a good one. The confidence of our preaching comes from the content of our message. And it's not, what I'm saying is when you preach the word, then your message is the word. You can have confidence in the word. And, and, and say, hey, I may not have done the best job. I may have stuttered. I may have said a word. I may have mispronounced. Or I may have not. I may not have said this the way I thought. But I preach the word. Our confidence in the word of God. Um, I'm just going to go down through here. Let's see. First Corinthians 2, 4. Do not preach to impress, but to influence. In First Corinthians 2, Paul said, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Do not preach to impress, but to influence. Um, anyway, let's go on down through here. Uh, Ecclesiastes 12.10 We must find what God is saying and then tell, pe- tell God's people what He has said. Romans 10.14 If people are to hear the truth, then they must hear the preacher. Here's the thing. When you teach or, or when we teach or preach, we need to have... It a conviction that what we're having to say is not because we're saying it, because what God has said, it has it is of the utmost importance. If a preacher doesn't value the Word of God, then how can the people value the Word? And by the way, I believe you can tell, you can sense when a man's preaching or teaching whether or not he believes that. And, and, and so, um, anyway, 2 Timothy 2.5, In a wicked day, God's looking for a preacher of righteousness. A preacher of righteousness. You cannot gauge a man by how many people are following him. And the more you preach righteousness, the smaller the crowd will get. But we must preach righteousness. Psalms 49, the preacher must not be intimidated by people. You can believe this. The Lord has members in his church, but so does the devil have members in the Lord's church. And um, you can't allow people to intimidate you. Um, You know... I pastored before in Tennessee, and there was a gentleman there that was a wealthy man, and uh, and he was wealthy, very wealthy, but he was he was very fine. He didn't, I mean, he didn't tithe or nothing like that. So, but he was an intimidating person. I mean, he he would just tell you, you know, if he didn't agree with you, he'd come right up to you and he'd let you know where you was wrong, and you know, just a real blessing. One of them real people you just love to have in your church. And um, a couple of men in the church come to me. And they said, so-and-so's, he's, he, don't, he don't care, he don't, you know. And they was trying to get me to back down, on, you know. And, and they said, you know, he believes this and he believes that. And they, but, but you know what I had to do? I mean, I was 23, 22 years old. I just had to go and preach what God said to preach. And uh, whether he liked it or not. And there's always going to be somebody that's going to, the devil's going to try to use to intimidate you from preaching the truth. But you cannot be intimidated by people. Um, Mark 16, 20, when we preach, God works. We may not always see it. We may not always understand it. But any time the Word of God goes forth, it's not in vain. Uh, Luke 7, 22, we must not preach to only one group. You know, when you're preaching or teaching, you got to be careful not to just talk to this group or that group. It needs to be for everybody. Um, Acts 25, they went and preached to the villages of Samaritans. The Samaritans were a despised people. They were a poor people. They had nothing. That's why, uh, you know, one of these false things that come through in the last 20 or 30 years is just, they call it target evangelism. And uh, they, what, it, what it teaches is that you need to target certain groups of people because they're the ones that got money. You know, the middle class, the upper middle class, got kids. 
you know, target them. You know, everything you need to do, you know, is, is uh, what was his name? Rick Warren, uh, what's, what's his purpose-driven church? And, uh, and, and, and they have this idea that, that you build a ministry and a church by going and finding those people that certain group and, 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 and finding out what they want, what they want to hear, and, and then give it to them. Well, that, that's, uh, one, it's carnal, and, it's, and then here's the thing. If you're not preaching the truth and the, and the gospel and, and salvation and, and, and preaching the doctrines of the Word of God, what good is it if you've got 10,000 people? They're all going to go to hell, and you're going to have all their blood on your hands. So anyhow, um, let's, let's look real quick at one. Hebrews uh, 4.2, this is what I want to look at. I don't have my watch, so I don't even know what time it is or what time is it? Okay, we're good. I'd say the most discouraging or the hardest, um, what's the word for it? The, the the longest battle you'll fight as a preacher is, is after you preach. It, it, you know, the results, the response. And people say, well, you know, and, and I believe it, and it's easy, it's easy to say, but when, you're the, when you preach and people say, well, God's dark and you just can't see it, and maybe, you know, the word will not return void. You know, but I've preached many that I felt like it, if it, it, it might not return, but, it, I mean, you, but here's the thing. At Hebrews 4.2, it says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now listen to this. The results of preaching is determined not only by the preacher, but by the hearer. You see what he said? For unto us was the gospel preached. Now, we, I believe Paul wrote this. I, I know the man that God used was a saved man. Uh, and I believe pretty strongly um, <clears throat> that it was the Apostle Paul. For unto us was the gospel preached. What he is saying is the same gospel that was preached to them was preached unto us. But, he said, but the word preached did not profit them. Would you say that it, pre- it profited Paul? I'd say it did save him from hell. Changed his life, made him the great, he set him on the uh, missionary trail, won people to God. But the same gospel that was preached to Paul, that saved him, was preached to these that were lost. And, and, were, and, were, and he said, the difference was, why did it not profit them? Because it was not mixed with faith. And then they heard it. So it, that, 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 that helps me, and it, it should help you when you preach. You've got to, you know, understand. You, there's things we can do to hinder people from getting help. But as long as we do our very best and we, and we seek God and His touch and His power and we preach the Word, then here's the thing. There could be a hundred people listening, but if they don't mix what they hear with faith, it's not going to profit them. So there might be a hundred people and um, ten of them believed what was preached. They put, and guess what? It profited them. The same thing that profited them, the other person left and said, man, I, well, I don't think he's ever going to be quiet. We've had, uh, you know, here, we've had some great services here at this church since I've been here. 
And I'm sure, and, 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 and Brother David, it's amazing how there can be a group of, of, of people and some, they don't, want, they don't want it to end and the other ones can't wait for it to be over. And, and, and some are, are, when they leave, they just got, you know, they said, you know, that helped me. And, it, you know, and, and then there's others that, well, it was good. You know, you can just tell. What's the difference? It wasn't mixed with faith. So once the message goes forth, it's up to the people what they do with it. Do they mix it with faith? And, 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 and so that, that's helped me a lot of them times where I thought, man, you know, uh, it just doesn't seem like that. What was the point of that? What was the um, profit of that? Well, it's not all on the one doing the teaching and preaching. And uh, it, without faith, uh, the, the, the sermon, the message, it's not going to help anyone. We'll take just a minute break, then we'll, I'm going to give you something else. All right. We're going to start, and um, uh, I don't know how far I'm going to get here. I'm just going to uh, give you a little bit of start. But um, I'm, basically, the, 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 the lesson I'm going to teach is going to be about, first tonight, we're going to talk about the birth of a message, or a sermon must be born. Um, and we're, and, or you could title it, Discovering the Message. Before you can ever teach something, it's got to be born. It's got to be alive. It's got to be alive in you before it can be brought to somebody else. Uh, so the birth of a message, or the birth of a sermon, uh, or the discovery of a sermon. I'd say that uh, there's nothing that we worry about more than this, but honestly, um, if we'll do, if we'll be what we're supposed to be, if we'll walk with the Lord, and I'm going to talk about it here in a minute, uh, this, you know, this will be something that will will happen all the time for the preacher if he'll walk with the Lord and spend time with him. So a sermon must be And again, after this is all over, I'm going to give you all these notes, but I would like you to take notes too. Um, uh, but when this is all over, when we get done with this, I've got all this saved on my, I'll save it on my computer and I can give you, uh, email it to you or whatever, and you could get you a notebook. And you say, why is that? Because maybe one day you can teach it to somebody else. That's really what this is all about. Um, I wrote this down. This, a sermon must be born twice. Once in the study and then in the pulpit. Uh, Brother David will tell you a lot of times, man, it was in the study, it was alive. But something happened between the study and the pulpit and it was dead. Um, and uh, so it must be born twice. Um, a sermon must be born in order for it to be alive. And really that's the difference between a sermon, and I say sermon, but between a sermon and a message. Uh, you, can, you, can, you can find a sermon, you can work up a sermon. Once you've done it long enough, you can get out a pen and paper and write down notes and come up with a sermon. But the difference between a sermon and a message is a message is born. into the pre- it's, it's alive in the preacher. Um, so here's a couple of things about that. The birth of a message is a spiritual thing. Um, it doesn't begin with the mind of the preacher or the teacher, but the heart. It's a spiritual thing. Um, I believe in studying. I believe in, in, in working. I try myself to read every year. I try to read one book uh, 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 on, on preaching, homiletics, this type of thing, just because I want to stay sharp. And I want to learn different things. I want to learn from different people. But you can learn all the, all the, the techniques you want of sermon development and outlining and, uh, you know, diagramming sentences and how to do all those things. And you can, get all, you can get it all down to an art and still not having a life. It's a spiritual thing. It starts with the heart. Um, 
I wrote this, the sermon is born in the preacher's heart. Jeremiah 29, 20 and verse 9, Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. It's born in the heart. It's born in the heart. If you're having a hard time, if you can't, if you say, well, I just don't, I just think, you know, I'll say this. The times when I'm scratching and calling to get it, and, and, and I've been there, and you will too. You preach on enough, you will. And Brother probably, it was when my heart wasn't right. Yeah. As long as I keep my heart right and close and tender, it's, the Lord will give me more than I can preach. But when you get your heart, so it's born in the preacher's heart. And then it is born by the Holy Ghost. The message doesn't start with me and what's on my mind or with my congregation and what's on their mind, but it starts with God and what's on His mind. So when it comes to a birth, the birth, of, it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's, a, it's really a supernatural thing. It's amazing to me how the Lord will give a man a message, and I'm not talking about a sermon, a message, and he'll preach it, and he'll speak to this one here one way, and this one here that way, and this one here this way, and this one. There'll be one person that got saved under, in that service, and another person that got right with their brother or sister in the church, that, that, and then there's another one that'll come and say, I, the Lord burned me to start a bus route or to teach a Sunday school class, or, and, and it's the same message, yeah. but it spoke to all these people in a different way. How is that? It's a spiritual thing. And so we must understand it starts with the Lord. When it comes to what we're going to preach, the birthing of this message, we need to say, Lord, what's on your mind? What do you want me to say? What is, what is it that you, we can't say, well, you know, um, so-and-so over here, they're, they're going through a hard time. They just lost their job or sister so-and-so just found out she's got cancer. And so I need to preach on, you know, the power. The, you know, it, we don't start with, with, the, with the audience. We start with the Lord. So the birth of a message is a spiritual thing. Then here, here's this. The birth of a message is a scriptural thing. Without the Word of God, we have no message to give. It's a scriptural thing. The commencement of the message, the continuation of the message, and the conclusion of the message must be filled and centered on the Word of God. The birth of a message. So here's the thing. If you pull out, you may pull out a three by five card and say, here, I got a good message and just go to writing it down. And then, then you say, well, I need to, I I know, I I, I mean, we've all been guilty of this and I know some that make it a pretty regular thing. They'll just write and then they go, well, I've had preachers call, hey, I got a good message, but I need some Bible for it. And that's dangerous. You see, that's dangerous. That means it didn't start with the Bible, it started with them. So it starts with the word of God. Um, It's a scriptural thing. I wrote this down. And you can write these scriptures down, but the preacher must learn to meditate in the scriptures. Meditate in the scriptures. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Psalms 1 and verse 1 through 3, it's talking about that blessed man. It said he walks not the counsel of God, nor stands away of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in the sea, and his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall, not, shall prosper. Now what's that go? That's from meditating day and night in the Word of God. 1 Timothy 4.15, Paul told Timothy, meditate upon these things. The word meditate, it means to chew again and again 
and again. And uh, you've heard it illustrated with chewing the cud, like a cow. And here's the thing. I I wrote this down. We can and should use every tool at our disposal in in the matter of study in order to redeem the time that we have to study. If, if you can use, I mean, Brother Jason, when I first got, he gave me a, 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 a let me use a, a Bible software, and it saves me so much time. Because looking up verses, and I've got concordances, I've got that, but it, I'm just saying it just saves a lot of time. And if I can spend, you know, I believe God wants me to make the most of my time, but here's the thing, you can, you, those are, there's a lot of ways you can save time in stu- with those different tools, but nothing can take the place of meditation. And that, that, that takes time. It takes time. I really believe the difference between the preachers in our world and our generation and, and Sunday school teachers and, um, and, 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 and leaders, the difference in the spirituality is this. We don't meditate. In days gone by, they didn't have all the distractions we have. They didn't have the television. They didn't have, you know, they didn't have, when it was dark, the day was over. And when the sun went down, I mean, they, and, and, and they would spend time and, and meditate, think about, ponder. Um, I, I, you know, there's times where you'd be better off to read one verse of the Bible and spend an entire day meditating on it than to, than to read a hundred verses and spend five minutes meditating on it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, I, and again, we're talking about the birth of the message. You know, when you read something in the Bible, you need to go over it. And, but here's another thing. It's you cannot meditate on scripture you've not memorized. You see, that's why it's important to memorize scripture because the only way you can bring it back again and again and again is to have it in your mind and have it in, have it in your mind and have it in your heart. Meditation. We must. The preacher must learn to meditate in the scriptures. Have a verse a, a, a day or or get a, a a passage of scripture and spend every day think about it. Go over it in your mind. Read it to you. Read it. One thing that'll help you, and we'll get in this later on. If take out if you if the Lord lays a, a, a portion of scripture on your heart, uh, uh, you know some verses on your heart. Get a pen and a paper and write them out. Write the verses out. And when you write them out, guess what you're doing? You're meditating. You're you're, you're going over it again and again. Um, anyway, we must the teacher preacher must learn to meditate in the scriptures. Um, and then I put this uh, the the. The preacher or teacher must learn to pray through the Scripture. So not only should we meditate in the Scripture, but we must pray through the Scripture. We must, as we study, we must take time and pray as we read. You know, I've heard people say, well, you need to pray before you read. Well, you need to pray after you read. But I rarely hear anybody say you're praying while you read. But if you'll take and read a verse and say, Lord, what's, what do you want to say to me? Or if God speaks, say, Lord, I'm so, I need help with this. Lord, will you help me to be this? Will you help? Pray through the Scriptures. One thing, uh, when I was young, uh, a preacher was preaching, and, he, and he taught, when he was talking, he was preaching, and he said this just kind of in passing. Um, and again, this goes back, he didn't realize what he was, how it would have an effect on me. And he said that he had prayed through the Psalms, that he prayed through the Psalms. He started in Psalms 1. And, and, you know, I just quoted it, blessed is the man that walks not. And he said he'd just say, Lord, I want to be a blessed man that walks not in the counsel of God nor stands the way of sinners. And he, put, and he said that he got closer to God doing that. And I tried it. And he was right. It took me a lot longer than a year to do it. But I did. And it's amazing how the Bible just come alive when I began to pray through it. You understand? 
uh, Jesus told us that He would give us the Holy Ghost and that He would guide us into all truth. And if we'll pray as we read and say, Lord, I really want to know what you're saying here. And I really want to be able to tell other people what you're saying here. I don't understand it, but I want you to make it and, and, and pray as you read and say, <laughs> anyhow, that's, I don't want to belabor this too much, but learn to pray through the scriptures. Um, before we ever turn to a commentator on the word of God, we must first turn to the author of the word of God. If, if, if we had, I mean, I don't really know any great authors anymore. All the ones I read after dead. Brother Lord told me, he said, always read after men that are dead. Already dead. And I said, why? He said, because they can't change their mind on what they believe. He said, they, they said you know what they believe. But, <laughs> that's kind of funny. But anyway, uh, I don't know what got my, what, what I was talking about. That just, I got that just kind of my commentary on. Oh, imagine we had a man that wrote a book on, uh, you know, auto mechanics, you know. Uh, building a, let's just say he was an expert in a, you know, 454. He wrote a book about it. I mean, he wrote about how to, and I mean, he knew it inside and out, and he wrote the book on how to build a 454 engine. And then we had somebody here who had read the book that he wrote and, and could, could, t- could tell us, you know, what he read. Who would you want to hear speak, him or, or this man? You understand? So I'm not saying commentators are bad, but that's what I'm saying. Pray through the Bible. Before you turn to a commentator, turn to the one that wrote the Bible. And say, oh Lord, you wrote this, and I know you wrote it for me. It may not be all to me, but I know it's all for me, so help me understand. But anyway, the, the preacher must learn to pray through the Scriptures. Um, and you can look in Colossians 1, 9 through 11, where Paul speaks about that. And then, and, and this is uh, on the, the last thing about this, about the, on this point, the preacher must learn to lean on the Scriptures. So preaching, I, I, the birth of the message is spiritual. Um, if I'm not walking in the Spirit, if I'm not filled with the Spirit, I'm not going to get a message born in me. I might get a sermon, but I'm not going to have a message. And then it's scriptural. And, and we must lean on the Scriptures. We must have an absolute unshakable conviction that the Bible is all we need. It's all we need. When you go to that pulpit or you stand in front of that class or you give that devotion or even if you're standing at somebody's doorstep trying to win them to the Lord, you need to understand that the only thing you need is what that Bible that you're holding, the Word of God. That's all you need. And lean on the Scriptures. Um, I had several other things. Uh, we must believe it. We must depend upon it. We must rest in it. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, we, we having the same spirit of faith, according to it, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. So the birth of the message is spiritual. Spiritual. We spend too much time as preachers working on the sermon instead of working on the preacher. If we'll get the preacher right and we'll keep him right, the birth of the message will be, it'll come naturally. And then it's it's scriptural. It starts with the Bible. It continues with the Bible. But then the last thing, and this seems like an oxymoron, but the birth of a message is a simple thing. Simple thing. We make it far harder than it should be. You understand? If God called us to preach or teach and give us that opportunity, then when it's hard, it's our fault. It's not God's fault. He's not making it hard on us. Um, It's a simple. Here, here, I'm just going to give you a couple of things. 
The message is born from what is born through what we hear. What we hear. What do we listen to? You know what I think preachers should be listening to? Preaching. And a lot of it. Some of the greatest advice I ever got. I don't know if my dad listens or not. When I first started to preach, he gave me a box of probably 500. Uh, I mean, my dad never gave me advice on anything. Never. Nothing. No, I didn't. I, the only birds and bees I knew is the ones that sting you and the ones that eat worms. That's all I knew. I mean, he never gave me no. I forgot this is told on Facebook. But anyhow, we'll, we'll keep this. But he never talked to me about anything. I mean, nothing. No counsel. Nothing about. But when he did give me advice, I listened. Because it always, it always, it was good. And I started preaching. He brought me an underbed. I'll never forget. It's a huge Rubbermaid. And it was plumb full of preaching tapes. From like 1971, 72, 73. He said, if you're going to preach, he said, you need to listen to these. I said, okay. And I listened to every one of them. I had a little two-wheel, again, I've talked about a little truck. Had a tape player in it. And I worked for a whole, for about six months with a man that built, built houses. <laughs> And uh, we, uh, and it's about a 30 minute drive there and about a 30 minute drive back. So those sermons were about 30 minutes. And I'd listen to one side, it was Sunday morning message going there. And I'd listen Sunday night, come back. Now, I wasn't taking notes, I couldn't obviously, but I was just listening. And, and I didn't realize it, but God was teaching me and, and I was learning by listening, simply listening to preaching. Here's another thing. We should listen to all types of preaching. Now, I'm not talking about heretics and false prophets, but different. We, sh- we can't fall in love with one type of preaching because, you know, every man is different and we can learn from all men. Um, and, you know, I've got on this kick lately. I, there's an app. If you want to listen to preaching, there's an app you can get on your phone free called Sermon Audio. You type in a preacher's name, there's, I mean, it's just unreal. Thousands of preachers. Hundreds of thousands. And, Brother David, I've got on this kick. I like listening to these Irish preachers from Ireland. This is the way they talk. I just, if I start talking like that in church, y'all going to understand. If I come in with the bagpipes or somebody, uh, uh, but they're different. They're different. You understand? I never heard anybody from Ireland preach. The only thing I ever heard growing up was redneck, corn shucking, you know, foot stomping, spit slanging. But, but as I, I've, I've been listening to these men, and they've got a lot to say. And it's powerful what they're saying. And it's fed me. It, it, in fact, about every message I preach, I'll look up and I'll listen to what some of them English or, or um, Irishmen preached on it. And, and, I get, and the Lord shows me things that I never would have seen before. So don't just listen to preaching, but listen to different types of preaching. Don't fall in love with one. Because here's the thing. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, By the grace of God, I am what I am. Amen. And guess what? By the grace of God, you need to be what you are. And if you only listen to one preacher and one style and you become, and, 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 and listen, I've seen it. And I'm sure, and back when I, in the 90s, there was a preacher in early 2000s, people absolutely worshiped him. Now he's, he's just going to plumb crazy. Everything he preached against, now he's doing. And uh, I, he blocked me on Facebook because he was, he, was, he was on there and I got on there and said, hey, uh, can you give me all the money back from these CDs I bought from you in the late 90s uh, where you was preaching against what you're telling us now is okay? And he blocked me for some reason. But anyway, preachers in, around North Georgia and Tennessee and South Carolina and North Carolina and Alabama and Southeast, I mean, they worship him. And they, and they, they I mean, it's like drugs. I mean, they, and that's all they listen to. And guess what, Brother David? If you heard one on preach, you heard all of them preach. They all tried to be like them. But, but, but what, what, what happened, they ruined a lot of churches. 
They destroyed a lot of churches. They destroyed a lot of, a lot of damage come from that because they were trying to be somebody else. Um, you take, anyway, I, 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 I love talking about this, but how do, the birth of a message is a simple thing. It's born through what we hear. Preachers should listen to preaching different than other people do. In fact, I believe that leaders, people that are trying to um, be a leader and, and, and you know, the, the ones in the church that are the pillar, they ought to listen different. We ought to listen to learn. Every man is our teacher. And every message we can gain help from. If we're not careful, somebody gets up and maybe they don't raise their voice so they don't hit, we just turn them off. Well, he ain't preaching. Well, what we're doing is we're ignorant and we're not going to learn. We must listen. We must listen. We must listen to be fed. Listen. We must listen to be fed, not to find. Listen to be fed and not to find. We cannot get caught up in the next sermon that we're going to preach. We, need, we, we, we cannot get caught up in the next sermon that we're going to preach and miss the sermon that God wants us to hear. You see, you don't want to listen to preach. If you, if you, if you, when you listen to preaching, you ought not be thinking, well, well I'm going to preach this. And I, now, I'll say this. If you are a preacher and you listen to good preaching, God will, you, I mean, you'll, be, you'll be thinking, man, here's this, this. But you need to not get so caught up in that that you're not fed yourself. Because, anyhow, I got I to gotta go on. But anyway, we ought to listen with a pen in our hand. A short pencil is better than a long memory. A short pencil is better than a long memory. Listen with a pen in hand. It may only be one word or one statement from a message, but God may use it in years to come to help you and to help those that you're ministering to. So listen with a pen in hand. Uh, I, there was a preacher, and he's gone now. And I, I, you know, I'm not going to be. I don't. I sound. I don't want to sound cruel, but I, I've heard him preach. I heard him preach a lot. And, and he says, "No, no, no. Put close your Bibles and, and listen to what I have to say. Uh, put the pen down. Put the pen down. Don't be, don't be taking. A, he'd do that. And I thought, you know, do you not want people to? Number one, if the preacher says, "Close your Bible and listen to what I have to say," guess what you need to do? Close your Bible and leave. Because guess what? When that Bible closes, I'm not interested in what I have to say or anybody else has got to say when they're standing behind the pulpit. And why would you not want someone to have a pen in hand and take notes? Because guess what? That note that they write in their Bible, that word, that statement, it might help them not only then, but in years to come. Um, listen with a humble spirit. With a humble spirit. This is important. Every preacher is still just practicing preaching. None have perfected it. How, listen, how we listen to others is how others will listen to us. You say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, I wrote this down. Preachers are not exempt to the law of sowing and reaping. So how you listen is how you'll be listened to. And, and so we need to listen with a humble spirit. Not with a critical spirit, not with a haughty spirit, you know, not with a, with a uh, well, <laughs> bless his heart, he did the best he could. No, we need to have a humble spirit. Humble spirit. If you're not careful, you get around some of these places and people, every preacher there thinks they're the one that needs to be preaching. To be honest, if, if you have the right attitude and your heart's right, you'll, be, you'll, you'll have the attitude of, 
Man, I, I don't need, I don't have no business preaching. I don't have no business being here. I don't have no, these men are better. They deserve, they deserve, the one that's sitting there saying, oh, I, he missed it. He should have called on me. That's not the right way to listen to preaching. Humble spirit. So it's born from what we hear. It's born from what we read. What we read. Again, I said it's simple. <laughs> what we hear and what we read. We should read God's Word devotionally for, what, for our own soul. Don't go to the Bible always looking for a lesson or a sermon or a message. Go to it to be fed. Read good books written by good men. Leaders are readers. So I don't like to read. Well, if you're going to preach, you better learn to like it. You better learn to like it. It may be an acquired taste, but you have, you have to learn to like it because you must read. Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.13, The cloak which I left at Troas with Carlos, when thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. The books. Now listen, Paul, <laughs> the gospel, the grace of God was given to him directly by God in Arabia. He had it handed to him. He wrote 13 books of the Bible, but he still said, I need, some, I'm, I need to learn. I need to read after some other men. And you understand? So if Paul needed the books, so do I, and so do you. I've always said there has to be balance. You know, there has to be balance. You can't always be reading... You know, you got to read the Word of God, but, but you need to read after good men. Read after good men. Uh, anyhow, <clears throat> read good books written by good men. Uh, uh, it's simple. It's born from what we see. It's born by what we see. Pay attention at all times because the Lord speaks through unusual means. When you're getting gas at the gas station, pay attention. Watch what's going on around you. When you're at work, pay attention. There's, I'm, what I'm saying is, the Lord will give you, a, he, He'll show you things if you'll pay attention what you see. And it's born out of, of what we experience. We must deal with things on a daily basis that other people will never deal with simply because those things are put there by God so that He can teach us and one day we can teach someone else. Preaching is about people and it is used to reconcile those people to God through His Word. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Um, I got one more thing, just a couple more things I want to give you. And don't worry about it if you didn't write all this down. I, I'm going to have all this for you when this is over. But I do want you to try to keep up best you can. Again, we're talking about the birth. Where does it start? Well, here's where it starts. It starts in... Understanding it's a spiritual thing. If I'm not right with the Lord, I don't need to worry about it. And then it's a scriptural thing. We must immerse ourselves in the Word of God on a daily basis. It's a simple thing, though. And I wrote just a couple of things down. I got one of my old Bibles out that I had when I was in Bible college. And in the back, I'd write just every time. We had chapel three times a week, church twice on Sunday, and then church on Wednesday night. So it was about uh, six, seven times a week I was hearing people preach. And I wrote, I had, a, and it was one of them big, Thompson, not Thompson chain, uh, Cambridge, wide margins, Burr Jason, with them notebook paper in the back. And I filled it up. And, and, and I kind of just skimmed through there and, and, and got some of these things that helped me back then. Um, when I stopped realizing that the birth of, and the discovery of the message is spiritual, then I ceased to pray and seek God's favor on the message. If I don't have that in my mind, when I go to, then it, if it's not a spiritual thing, if I just, then what will happen is I'll stop praying 
and I'll, I'll stop seeking God's favor, and it'll become just, a, just a mechanics. Just mechanics. We must all learn to teach and preach out of the overflow of our daily walk with God. We preach from what God is doing in our lives. If we learn to do this, then we will never have to scramble to find a sermon. From the overflow of your life. What's God doing in your life? Chances are, if the Lord's helping you in a certain area, there's somebody else that needs help in that area. The Bible says in um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there's no temptation taking you, but such as common to man. What you're going through, somebody either is going through it, they have gone through it, or they're going to go through it. So we must preach from the overflow of our daily walk with God. No message will ever be dynamic to the people until it's first dynamic to the preacher. It's got to mean something to you. You know what I'm saying? It's got to, um, you know, before you, when you're studying and the Lord gives you something, you need to get down on your knees and say, Lord, help me. You know, I'm, I need this. You know, and, and if it's not dynamic to you, it's not going to be dynamic to anyone else. The most important endeavor for the preacher or teacher is not finding another sermon, but walking with Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing you'll do. Is not, hey, I got a new message. No, did you, are you walking? If you walk with Him, guess what? He'll give you a message, a message. He'll give you exactly what you 